Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's news impacting the precious metals markets. It's Friday, March 10th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. The power to guarantee turns quickly into a power to control. During the Delaware Ratifying Convention, some delegates argued that the proposed U.S. Constitution needed an amendment to empower the federal government to guarantee religious freedom in the states. Henry Marchant responded with that poignant warning. And, you know, we would do well to remember it when we listen to people pushing the idea of a central bank digital currency. One of the common selling points is that it would protect us from criminals who take advantage of the anonymity of cash. And they tell us that it's a safer, more secure way for us to do business. But to paraphrase Marchant, the power to protect you is the power to control you. I'm going to talk a bit about central bank digital currencies in today's show, but first I want to touch on the latest open mouth operations by Fed Chair Jerome Powell. By open mouth operations, I mean Powell talks and the markets respond. In this case, Powell went to Capitol Hill to talk to Congress and the markets freaked out. Why? Well, Powell said that with stronger economic data, interest rates would likely peak higher than previously expected. He also admitted that January's employment, consumer spending, and inflation data indicated that some of the softening trends we saw late last year in price inflation were starting to reverse. In other words, Powell was forced to concede that the disinflation narrative is unraveling. Now, Powell didn't say how high rates might ultimately go, but market pricing moved up sharply to a range of 5.5 to 5.75%. So that's as much as another 1% increase in interest rates. Uh, And that's according to CME Group data. That was up from an estimate of just 5.1% as the terminal rate in December. Now, Powell also put a 50 basis point rate hike at the next Fed meeting, which is later this month. He put that on the table. He said, if the totality of data were to indicate that faster tightening is warranted, we would be prepared to increase the pace of rate hikes. A hawkish Powell also emphasized that the Fed will stay the course until the job is done. So this was on Tuesday, and whammo, the markets tanked. Uh, The Dow Jones dropped by over 574 points. That was a 1.72% drop. The S&P 500 fell by 1.5%. The NASDAQ plunged 145 points. Meanwhile, the dollar rallied on the promise of tighter monetary policy, and uh, the dollar index jumped about 1%. That put pressure on gold, and gold fell by about $38 um, at its low. On a side note, you know, this guy added me on Twitter, and uh, this was as gold was falling, and he added me to inform me that gold is dead. Now, it's funny because, you know, nobody ever says the stock market is dead when there's a big drop in the stock market. Gold fell just over 2% Tuesday. So that was a little more than the drop that we saw in stocks. It really, it was, it was pretty comparable in percentage terms. But by Tuesday's close, gold had recouped more than half of that loss. Meanwhile, the NASDAQ was down another 2% on Thursday. So I guess we can say the NASDAQ is dead. Anyway, this was a repeat of the performance we saw 
over and over again last year, every time somebody at the Fed talked tough about fighting inflation and indicated that monetary tightening would continue, or when we got any kind of strong economic data. The thing most people seem to be missing, though, is that Powell didn't really say anything he hasn't been saying all along. If you go back and listen to the press conferences after the FOMC meetings in both December and February, Powell talked tough on inflation. He was hawkish. After the February meeting, Powell repeatedly said the job is not done. He emphasized that it would be very premature to declare victory or to think that we've really got this. He indicated that the central bank could raise rates a couple of more times. Now, the markets didn't believe their ears last month when Powell said these things. Apparently, now they do. So, we have rhetoric and we have reality. Right now, Powell is giving us a narrative rhetoric. But here's the reality. The Federal Reserve will keep up the illusion of an inflation fight as long as it can. Powell is going to keep talking tough until the economy goes into the gutter, and it will go into the gutter sooner or later. This bubble economy is built on easy money and debt. The Fed has taken that away. So the House of Cards has to come crashing down eventually. Sooner or later, we're going to get the economic crash. When that happens, Powell's tune will change. I'm almost certain that the Fed will abandon the inflation fight to rescue the economy when that happens. Now, I've gone over and over that ad nauseum on this show. If you want to know why I think the Fed can't win the inflation fight, listen to last week's podcast. I gave three very succinct reasons and an overview of those reasons. So if you haven't listened to last week's show, do that, and and it'll give you a a little better framework of why I say Powell's going to keep talking as long as he can keep talking. The Fed is going to keep tightening as long as it can keep tightening, but Ultimately, it's going to crash the economy, and at that point, we're going to see the pivot. So we're still going to have inflation, and we're going to have a uh, deflating bubble economy. Okay, let's talk a little bit about central bank digital currency. CBDC uh, is kind of the acronym that they're using to shorten that up. We're starting to hear more and more about CBDCs. Countries all over the world are launching pilot programs, including the U.S. So what exactly is a central bank digital currency? And is this a good idea? Well, I'll answer the last question first. If governments everywhere are keen to do something, you can bet your pants it's a bad idea if you care about individual liberty and personal autonomy. Now, if you like government control, well, you're going to love you some central bank digital currency. CBDCs are basically government-issued cryptocurrency. That's the easiest way to think about it. They're virtual banknotes or, or coins, virtual coins, that are held in a digital wallet on your computer or on your smartphone. Now, when I say central bank, you should just think government. So the main difference between a government digital currency and peer-to-peer cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin or Ethereum, it's, it's that the value of the digital currency is backed and controlled by the government, just like traditional fiat currency. So it's, it's just a digital version of your dollar bill, except it's not a physical dollar bill that you can stick under your mattress or uh, you know put in a safe in your house. Uh, you store it on your smartphone. It's digital, just like a cryptocurrency. Now, CBDCs are sold as a safe, convenient, and more secure way of doing business, of transacting, of handling money. 
you know, you can just swipe and go and it's all, uh, it's digitalized and there's all of these uh, uh, encryption and everything. So it's safe and you don't have to worry about people stealing your digital dollars and it's just going to be awesome and wonderful. They also talk about how it's going to make it harder for dangerous criminals to operate. They'll talk about how drug cartels love cash and, you know, and they do uh, because you can't trace cash. You know, criminals love it because it's hard to trace a $100 bill. But remember what I said at the top of the show, the power to protect you is the power to control you. If they can control criminals by taking away physical dollars, they can control you too, right? And you're naive if you think the government is just going to go after the bad guys. Because ultimately, when it comes to the government's eyes, we're all bad guys, right? So in reality, CBDCs are part of a broader war on cash. And basically, the powers that be would love to create a cashless society. A lot of countries have already taken steps in this direction by uh, eliminating larger bills. Uh, There's actually been talk here in the U.S. about getting rid of $100 bills. Uh, and, and it's that, you know, the, the reason they give is, well, $100 bills, it's easy for criminals to use them and drug lords and all of that stuff. Some countries have taken even uh, harsher steps by instituting bank withdrawal limits and things like that. So these are, these are all steps to make it less convenient, harder for you to use physical money. A digital currency, a government digital currency, would put the war on cash on steroids. Now, stop just for a minute and think about the ramifications here. The elimination of cash creates the potential for the government to track and even control your spending. Digital economies would make it even easier for central banks to engage in manipulative money po- uh, monetary policies such as negative interest rates. Um, you know, they could basically say if you don't spend your money within a certain amount of time, it's just going to disappear. So they can incentivize spending. There's all kinds of controlling things that the government could do if it's controlling the money coming in and out of your digital wallet. And that's why every government is trying to figure out a way to make government digital currency work. Imagine for a moment if there was no cash. It would be impossible for you to hide even the smallest transaction from the government eyes. Something as simple as a morning trip to Starbucks wouldn't be a secret from government officials. They could trace all of this digital currency. As Bloomberg put it in an article published when China launched its digital its digital yuan uh, pilot program back in 2020, digital currency, quote, offers Chinese authorities a degree of control never possible with physical money. The government could even turn off an individual's ability to make purchases. Imagine a government digital currency coupled with a social credit score. You know, your score drips too low or you post the wrong thing on Twitter or whatever, and the government turns off your ability to buy stuff. Now, I know some people are going to say, oh, Mike, you're just being a a paranoid conspiracy theorist. Take off your tinfoil hat. Well, Bloomberg, hardly the uh, tinfoil hat media outlet, described just how much control a digital currency could give Chinese officials. Quote, 
The People's Bank of China has also indicated that it could put limits on the sizes of some transactions or even require an appointment to make large ones. Some observers wonder whether payments could be linked to the emerging social credit system, wherein citizens with exemplary behavior are whitelisted for privileges, while those with criminal and other infractions find themselves left out. China China's goal is not to make payments more convenient, but to replace cash so it can keep closer tabs on people than it already does, argues Aaron Brown, a crypto investor who writes for Bloomberg Opinion. So I'm not the only paranoid conspiracy theorist here. Call me what you want. I don't think we should ever trust government power for anything. You know, too many people just assume that government operators are these wonderful public servants and they're working on behalf of the people. They're selfless public servants. I'm more inclined to agree with the great anti-federalist writer Brutus who warned that, quote, power lodged in the hands of rulers to be used at discretion is almost always exercised to the oppression of the people. Economist Thorsten Polyot outlined a potential for big brother-like government control with the advent of a digital euro in an article that was published by the Mises Wire. I'll link to that in the show notes page. As he put it, quote, the path to becoming a surveillance state regime will accelerate considerably if and when digital currency is issued. Now, get ready, because there is already a push for a digital dollar. Last year, the Federal Reserve released a discussion paper examining the pros and cons of a potential U.S. central bank digital dollar. According to the central bank's website, there has been no decision on implementing a digital currency, but the pilot program reveals the idea is much further along than most people had realized. And ultimately, it would take a congressional act to establish a digital dollar as legal tender. So, you know, there, there's some hope that if there's enough backlash, Congress might be afraid to do such a thing. But I don't know. You know, they're politicians and they like government control. So I'm not sure that I would count on Congress. Uh, in fact, uh, the U.S. actually toyed with the possibility uh, at the height of the pandemic, a Democratic Party proposal for stimulus payments in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic featured digital currency deposited into digital wallets. And again, think of the control here. They could dictate what you do with it. I mean, it could it could be made so you can't spend it here, but you can spend it there. And again, they could put a time limit on it. You know, if you don't spend it in 30 days, it just disappears. So there's all kinds of control potential with this digital currency. That's what I want folks to come away with from this discussion understanding. This is about control over you and over me. Now, there are some places where the development of CBDCs are much farther along, most notably in Nigeria. And that's where you'll find some good news on this front if you're like me and you believe that giving government complete control of your money Eh, not such a good plan. I mean, it's bad enough that they devalue our dollars every single day, that the Federal Reserve has a monopoly of, uh, on money and it can just print it at will. The last thing we need is for them to have even more control over uh, the issuance and uh, uh, spending of our money. So anyway, last month, there were actually some violent protests in Nigeria that are related to the attempt to roll out its central bank digital currency. Now, 
If you Google Nigerian protests, you'll learn that the unrest was due to cash shortages. According to The Guardian, quote, Nigeria has been struggling with a shortage of physical cash since the central bank began to swap old bills of the local Naira currency for new ones, leading to a shortfall in banknotes. According to reporter uh, reporting by that news outlet, the protests erupted when bank customers couldn't access their cash or change old bank notes for new ones. And then tensions ratcheted up when the government set a February deadline to exchange the old notes. Now, the problem is there aren't enough new bank notes to go around. And that appears to be on purpose. Bloomberg actually called this policy demonetization. According to the Associated Press, the Central Bank of Nigeria introduced the redesigned notes last fall. The plan was to recover about 85% of the total currency in circulation outside the banking system. So you see where we're going here. They're trying to not just change out old bank notes, you know, and to make new pretty money. They're actually trying to reduce the amount of physical cash in circulation by 85%. So that's significant, and it's no wonder that there are cash shortages right now. The Nigerian central bank said the policy was implemented to remove counterfeit currency from the system and to to discourage cash ransom payments to kidnappers and other criminals. Again, the government's going to protect you by getting rid of all of this cash. But, of course, there is an underlying reason for the new policy that the the Guardian only really mentions it in passing deep in the article. Quote, the policy was also to promote cashless transactions by limiting the use of cash for businesses. There you have it. That's the root of all of this. The Guardian didn't bother to report it until two-thirds into the article. But that right there, promoting cashless transactions, that's why all of this hap- is happening. The AP report also noted that the central bank said the policy would help, quote, make digital payments the norm. Now, what these corporate news outlets don't really talk about is the fact that the governor of the Central Bank of Nigeria actually said, quote, the destination, as far as I'm concerned, is to achieve a 100% cashless economy in Nigeria. And there you have it. That's the Central Bank digital currency digital currency in game. Not just in Nigeria, but everywhere. They want a cashless society because a lack of cash means total control over the people. Now, the issues created by this, uh, by the government, weren't just the banknote swap. In December, the central bank limited cash withdrawals to 1,000 naira, that's about $225 per week for individuals, and 500,000 naira, which is about $1,100 for businesses. Now, I said there was some good news here, and that's the fact that the Nigerians seem to be saying thanks but no thanks to government digital currency. The Central Bank of Nigeria launched its CBDC called the e-Naira in the fall of 2001, so it's been around a while. Last October, Bloomberg reported that only about, get this, 0.5% of Nigerians had adopted the digital currency. That ain't very many Nigerians. 
5%. So not even 1% of the people have said, ooh, I like this digital currency. Now, ironically, about 50% of Nigerians actually use cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. So it's not that they spurn digital currency. They just spurn government digital currency. That's because they get it. You know, Nigerians probably understand government control better than we do, and they want no part of it. They're not participating in it, and they're resisting it as much as they can, up to the point of of actually having uh, violent protests uh, in recent weeks. Now, a deputy governor of the Nigerian Central Bank, this this gives you an insight into the mentality of government people. The the central bank official said the people just need, quote, a little push from the government, and they're going to embrace the e-Naira. Just give them a little nudge. They'll do it. So the government tried several schemes to incentivize the adoption of this CBDC, including offering a 5% discount to taxi drivers and passengers, uh, Early in the program, it lifted a restriction that required people to have bank accounts in order to use the e-Naira. You know, initially, they wanted to have everybody, force everybody to have a bank account, which, again, gives more control over the government. But those soft approaches failed to achieve the desired results. Remember, 0.5%. So the government turned to a more coercive set of measures, including limiting bank withdrawals and the currency switch. Uh, again, a policy that will effectively reduce the amount of cash that's in circulation. And then we had riots. So here's a little more good news. Americans don't seem to be any more interested in digital currency, uh, at least government digital currency, than the Nigerians. When the Fed solicited comment on CBDCs, more than 66% of the over 2,000 commenters were either concerned or completely opposed to the idea of a digital dollar. According to the Cato Institute, the most common concerns were financial privacy, financial oppression, and the risk of disintermediating the banking system. I don't know what that is even supposed to mean, but I do understand concerns about financial privacy and financial oppression. It's exactly what I'm talking about. Apparently, about 66% of the people who bothered to comment on this were uh, also tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorists like me. That said, the government doesn't really give a damn about your opinion, so it's going to push this forward. But the fact that they... Uh, The fact that there is resistance, the fact that people out there do seem to understand the problems with central bank digital currency, that bodes well. Uh, It may at least slow down the elimination of cash. Uh, You know, I'm sure the rollout would be, well, we'll start with this central bank digital currency, but we'll also have cash. And then they'll do things like Nigeria to try to incentivize you to use the CBDCs. And then when that doesn't work, then they'll try the draconian um, measures. And then maybe we'll have riots. Who knows? So here's the question. How can you shield yourself from the impact of CBDCs? Because folks are coming down the road, right? Well, some states are actually considering legislation to minimize the impact of central bank digital currency. So that's good news. The Oklahoma House in particular is considering a bill that would prohibit businesses in the state from requiring payments in government digital currency. And uh, it would also require brick and mortar businesses to accept cash. Uh, I'll link to an article with details about that on the show notes page. There's other states that are considering similar measures. But beyond relying on government protecting you from government, you can take steps like owning real money, including gold and silver. Silver is particularly good in this 
role in this scenario because it's easy to transact business in silver. I've done it. I've accepted silver uh, for work that I've done before. Um, you know, it, whether it's uh, silver coins like the the silver American eagles or uh, you know Canadian maple leaves, you can do that, or you can actually uh, if you can get your hands on old quarters and dimes that were minted before 1964. Those are 90 plus percent uh, silver. Uh, the melt do- melt value of a silver quarter is somewhere in the neighborhood of four bucks. Uh, and, and so you can actually transact business like this. I've done it. I know other people that have done it as well. They call this junk silver. Well, we do sell junk silver at Shift Gold, uh, and, and I'm sure you can get it from other places as well. Um, so that's that's one thing that you can do. And if the reaction of Nigerians is any indication, there will be plenty of people out there who are going to be more than happy to circumvent digital dollars and deal in real money. Um, you know, of course, cryptos are good for this. Gold, as we develop systems where you can transact business in gold, where it's stored safely and securely uh, in private vaults, and, and you can transact businesses, there's our platforms for that. Uh, in uh, Utah, they have the gold backs that you can buy from uh, a company out there that are actually uh, paper currencies that have gold embedded in them. So there are ways to use silver and gold, real money to transact business. We need to be thinking about ways to do that more because if we don't, we're going to find the government has more and more control over us. And I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of being controlled by the government. Remember, it's about control. You want to do everything you can to position yourself so that they have as little control over you as possible. That means owning real assets that you can hold in your hand. So if you want to own gold and silver uh, or increase your allocations of gold and silver, look into maybe getting junk silver or uh, silver coins, um, or if you're just interested in protecting your wealth from the devaluation of the dollar that we get uh, every moment that the Fed keeps printing money, uh, talk to a shift gold precious metal specialist. Do it today. Call 1-888-GOLD-160. Email info at shiftgold.com or go to shiftgold.com. Getting started page. You can actually chat online with a precious metal specialist. They're going to look at your situation, your goals, your investment strategies, what you're trying to do, and they'll help you see how precious metals can fit into your investment strategy in protecting yourself. Do it now. You know, I'm one of these people that was very slow in trying to get my financial house in order. I mean, I'm 56 years old. I'm way behind the curve of where I should be. It's just been in the last several years that I've really tried to start positioning myself to protect my wealth and protect myself from uh, this government overreach is coming. But it's never too late. You can start now, but don't keep putting it off because at some point, it's going to be too late. At some point, the economy is going to crash because of all of this monetary policy that we've had over the decades. At some point, you're going to get the central bank digital currencies. You have to be ready. So do it today. So with that, we have a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links to all of that stuff on the show notes page. 
You can email me, mmaharry at shiftgold.com, M-M-A-H-A-R-R-E-Y at shiftgold.com. Love to hear from folks. Thanks again for listening to the show. I really do take, appreciate the fact that you're taking a little time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and I will be back to talk to you again next week. <laughs>